No cancer is good, but some are worse than others. I got one of those. When people ask, as they do, and I tell them which cancer, they say something like, oh no, just to remind me I'm screwed. Hello, and welcome to episode six of the Bad Cancer Diaries podcast. Uh, this episode, I record another essay. It's called Gratitude for Cancer, which is slightly tongue-in-cheek. I wrote this around Thanksgiving time last year, 2022. So that's sort of the inspiration for the, uh, the theme. And I explore looking for whatever kind of silver linings I can find in this horrible experience. So that's what it's about, and I hope you enjoy it or get something out of it. Gratitude for Cancer I started writing this piece the day before Thanksgiving, 2022, hence the title. It's not that I'm grateful for having got cancer. Gratitude despite cancer would be more accurate, but also boring. Gratitude for cancer was my original thought for a title. The thought being that it might elicit curiosity. I decided to go with it. I hope that doesn't make you mad, like you've been tricked into clicking on false pretenses. I'm glad you came. I'll try not to disappoint. I am sincerely grateful for some of the things that have happened since my diagnosis. Things I've learned and ways that I've had to change for the better. My life is different, obviously worse in some ways, but not all of the ways you might expect and it's gotten better in other ways. There's a strange sort of relief that came with the diagnosis, which is hard to explain. If you think about it, you might relate, or maybe not. I initially expected my remaining time to be short, possibly very short. What I knew about this cancer was that it's very deadly and tends to kill quickly. It could answer a lot of questions and eliminate the need to worry about many things that no longer matter, just because time is too short. My choices are moot, and worrying about things that won't happen is pointless. That's not necessarily wrong, though I'm still here and it's been a while, and it hasn't really changed. But as I learn more about pancreatic cancer, in my particular case, my understanding has shifted. It's still never good, but it can be less bad for some. It turns out, I may be among those for whom it's somewhat less bad. I get to have an operation. I never expected to put those six words together in that order. Most with my diagnosis don't even have the option, and it's the only chance at a cure, or so they say. It's only a chance, and not a great one at that, but better than no chance at all. I don't understand how surgery can be the only cure yet not change the overall survival rate of those who undergo it. The math doesn't seem to add up. It turns out I have more support than I knew. I'm far less alone than I imagined, or to the extent that I have been alone in the world, I've realized it's mostly been optional. It's easy, being introverted, to keep myself occupied and amused, reading, writing, and spending time with my elderly dog, who, aside from the occasional puddle on the floor, remains very pleasant company. Even then I don't mind. She seems to be deaf, and since she can't hear me, she seems to assume I can't hear her. She stopped barking completely sometime in the last year or so. 
She sometimes gets my attention by touching my feet with her paws. Sometimes when she has to pee, she comes near me, and if I don't notice, she just goes, usually on the hardwood where I'll notice. It's as if she's considerately telling me, well, I tried, but now I'm peeing, right here. I can't get too upset. We've been together for a long time. It's very comfortable and easy, and I don't feel lonely. I like quiet. It's easy to forget to call friends day after day, till it's been a month, then six, and before you know it, a year or more has gone by since I've seen or spoken to him or her. Cancer has changed that. I've gotten back in touch with some old dear friends. I didn't know how much help was there for me until I needed it. I've been working out twice a week with the group at the YMCA. It's sponsored by Livestrong, Lance Armstrong's charity foundation. It's free if you have or had cancer. I'm grateful for this group and for the program that enables it. It's a good group, and they get me, or mostly. They've been where I am now. I'm the only one actively in treatment. I'm the only one with pancreatic cancer. Everyone else is a survivor. There aren't many survivors of pancreatic cancer. The shirt they gave me says SURVIVOR on the back in big, bold capital letters. This seems a little premature in my case. It caused a bit of confusion one day when I went straight from the gym to the infusion center for chemo. Some of the staff wondered if they should congratulate me on completing my treatment. I wasn't done with treatment. I said, sorry, I didn't design the shirt. I don't think I've worn it since. One of the facilitators of the group, there are two women who run it and they're both wonderful, offered to drive me to the hospital on the morning of my surgery. I was just kvetching about having to be there at 6 a.m., not being a morning person, and the dilemma of not being allowed coffee, but having to wake up early only to be anesthetized for six hours, meanwhile having to be alert enough to drive 30 minutes to get there. She said she'd take me. It wasn't a question, and I decided not to argue. I knew it was better not to drive myself, not to assume I'd be able to drive myself home, but I didn't want to ask anyone or pay for an Uber, and I can be stupidly stubborn. I still hate asking for help, but I can accept it when it's offered. I'm grateful that now I don't have to worry about getting to the hospital for surgery. I'm grateful that the people I need seem to show up for me at the right time. Yesterday, at the end of class, the Livestrong group gave me a bag. It was a care package they put together for me of things I might need in the hospital after my upcoming surgery or while recovering after I come home. I came about as close as I ever do to crying. I did not see that coming. Something has shifted in my relationship with my mother, mostly on her end. Naturally, she cried when I told her about my diagnosis. I nearly cried with her, but held back. I rarely cry anyway, but taking care of her for so many years, through so much change and loss, I felt like one of us had to keep it together, and that someone needed to be me. She hardly ever calls me now. This is not a bad thing. Over the years when she was no longer with me, I would sometimes get calls from her every day for weeks or months, and sometimes multiple calls a day, sometimes a hundred or more times in one day. This is hard to explain. Dementia is hard to explain. Impossible, really. That's something I learned a long time ago. 
Sometimes after my sister and the county had mom put in a nursing home, right before everything locked down for COVID, mom would call and complain to me that she hated it there and her life wasn't worth living anymore. Every day. So it's not so bad that she doesn't call. I believe it's also because she's in a small assisted living facility and they seem to be taking good care of her. Hopefully her life is worth living now or not so bad that she needs to tell me about wanting to die. I am grateful for this, but sometimes I do wonder what's going on with her in her head. Her sister, my aunt, was diagnosed with the same thing I have over 20 years ago when she was younger than I am now. The doctors gave her a couple of months, and in a couple of months, she was dead of an aneurysm. Perhaps mom is just trying not to bother me, not to add to what I have going on. That is definitely possible. Or maybe she started to see me as if already in the past tense, as she prepares herself for the possible, likely, worst. She was surprised and delighted to see me last week, to see how well I look, how much weight I've gained back. Everyone's been saying that I look great. This is how I realized that I looked pretty terrible for a while there. Way too thin for one thing. Perhaps Mom thought, maybe he won't be the one to go first after all. I'm pretty sure we both thought that. I'm not working right now. The reason for that is a long story, as usual. It's only a week until surgery, so getting a job would be silly, and going back to my old one, not worth it now. Maybe later. I've kept that bridge mostly intact, in case. I didn't quit, and I wasn't fired. It's complicated. Meanwhile, I'm grateful to have time for writing or taking naps with my old dog. I don't feel guilty. I have cancer. Resting is good for me. Sunday, my friend called, out of the blue, to invite me over for dinner on Thanksgiving. He lives near my mother in the same town, so I could easily stop by before, or maybe after, and have a visit with her. I am grateful to have plans for the holiday. I don't really mind being home alone on holidays. I'm usually in a bad mood, but it does feel a little pathetic, especially when anyone asks me about it. If no one asked, I wouldn't give it much thought, but usually someone does. It's a normal question that can make me feel abnormal when my answer is nothing special. Am I grateful that I have cancer? No. Am I open to the idea that it has brought about some positive change and might be the universe telling me something, more like kicking me in the ass? Well, I am writing a lot more, something that was often on the back burner in favor of the mundane or the dramatic. Now I have more time and fewer excuses. Is this journal the great work I will always be remembered for? Probably not but it's a start. It's something. If I have time, I will do more. Update. My plan for Thanksgiving fell apart, or maybe I sabotaged it. Whatever the reason, it didn't go according to plan. I was to visit a friend and have dinner at his house with his partner. The menu was going to be Cornish game hens, which I hadn't had since I was a kid, and I liked the idea of a small bird for everyone instead of one large bird to share. I was trying to look forward to it, though I often get moody on holidays with nostalgia for holidays and people now past. It can easily turn to sorrow. I don't always want to have or be with company. But that day I got it together and was determined to try. I was grateful to have somewhere to go. 
On my way to the car, I noticed the passenger side rear tire was flat, completely flat. Luckily, I had this nifty electric pump thing that plugs into the old cigarette lighter, so I got that going. I had to leave the key in the ignition to power the lighter socket. When it was all done, I put the pump back, closed the car's passenger door, and walked around to the other side while texting my friend that I was running behind schedule. And that's when it dawned on me what had just happened. The keys were in the car, which was locked. The key to the house was on the same key ring inside the car. You might say I was in a catch-22, or you could call it a circular clusterfuck. Whatever you call it, I was screwed. It was nearly winter, and though not cold at the moment, the sun was going down. I ended up calling for roadside assistance, which had a two-hour wait, because who the hell wants to be doing that on Thanksgiving Day? I sat and waited on the back patio as the sun set, texting to let my friend know I wasn't coming, and felt almost relieved about staying home. If only I could be inside eating soup. The only thing that might have made it worse would be if I had cancer. Oh, yeah. This has been Episode 6 of the Bad Cancer Diaries Podcast.